welcome to another of the Retire Notes podcast series. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and founder of the RetireNotes.com website. I'm in conversation with Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. Thanks for being with us, Deanna. My pleasure, Bruce. Today we're talking about connecting with others, being involved with others. Deanna, I know I'm getting older. I mean, I am retired after all. But it seems to me there's been a loss of a sense of community in our society over time. What are the reasons for this? Bruce, there certainly has been a a sense of a loss of community and connection. And it's quite a paradoxical thing because if you think about it, never ever in the history of the world have we been more connected. That's true. If we think of telecommunications, we think of technology, all the different ways in which we can be connected on so many levels, and yet levels of loneliness are rising. Did you know that in the UK, they have appointed a minister for loneliness? That's amazing, isn't it? A minister for loneliness. Wow. A minister for loneliness. And here in Australia, there have been calls at a federal level to have a minister for loneliness as well, to look into this very topic. So it's very pertinent. And some of the reasons is Strangely enough, this very topic of technology. So even though we are connected through technology, connection doesn't necessarily mean that it's meaningful. It doesn't necessarily mean that we feel less lonely. Is it the type of connection that's important? Yes, I think so. Some people say that our connection is actually being crushed by technology, that it's more superficial, this kind of connection. It's not a real deep, heartfelt connection, and this is possibly the problem. Yes. So... There seems to be also a breakdown in family relationships. We are not living together. Generations aren't living together like they used to in years gone by. So people, elderly people in particular, I think, suffer from loneliness because they are sidelined really by society very often and by their families sometimes too, which is a great shame and pity. Yes, there is this expectation of independence, isn't there? Yes, Yes, which doesn't always work. So there seems to be family breakdown. People are living alone more. The levels of single parenting, that's rising. All of these things contribute to senses of loneliness. Also, there seems to be a breakdown in the neighborhood community. We don't seem to be talking over the the backyard fence maybe as much as we did in years gone by. Yeah, that's true too, yeah. So there are many factors that have contributed to this issue of loneliness. So what are the downsides of loneliness and lack of connection? Well, the downsides of loneliness are quite striking. If you look into the research, they say that living with air pollution will increase your odds of dying early by about 5%. Living with obesity, for example, increase your odds by 20%. Excessive drinking will increase your odds of dying early by 30%. But loneliness increases your odds of dying early by 45%. That's quite staggering. You started with 5%, 20%, yes. 30%, yes. and loneliness hits the top at 45%. Yes. This is serious. This is serious stuff. And once again, we see a wonderful connection here between mind and body because we know that loneliness is not so much a physical thing because you can be in a crowd of people and still feel lonely. So it's not physically being on your own. It's a sense of disconnection. So you can be in that group of people that still feel a lack of connection with them. And it's that perceived sense of aloneness, lack of connection that is so damaging to us. Yes. 
I guess we've all had that feeling of aloneness in the crowd. If that was there all the time, that would lead to despair, I imagine. Yes. And they have measured what the sense of perceived loneliness does to our bodies and the way that it impacts our health and would cause this raised odds of dying early is through the mechanism of inflammation in the body. Okay. So it raises our inflammatory markers in the body, just that sense of I'm lonely, I've got nobody, I'm disconnected. Sure. So it raises inflammation and it decreases our immune system functioning. So it is bad for us on many levels. Yes, and there's that health connection again. It's all connected, isn't it? Exactly. Yes, very, very interestingly so, very much connected. And, you know, loneliness, it leads to all kinds of things. It leads to depression, it leads to anxiety, but it also has this physical effect upon us, which then can be the mechanism by which we can face a much shorter life than we need to. And that's sad. Mm, it certainly is. So let's talk about retirees for a moment, because some of them can self-isolate when they retire. What's happening here? Why is this? It's a complex problem to my way of thinking, because there's often that sense of lack of purpose, having left behind perhaps a fulfilling career or somewhere where you felt really needed and wanted. Mm -hmm. Yes. And to be able to replace that sense of I'm still worth something and I can still do something that somebody values. That takes a little bit of doing, I think, Bruce, to be able to find a way in which you can still have purpose in life and have a sense of meaning about the things that you actually get engaged with and do, the things that you do. I can understand that because what you've depended on is now gone. Yes. So you have to reinvent yourself in a way. You certainly have to. And that's where maybe a bit of creativity or a little bit of help with some counselling might be helpful just to help you find your feet, find your equilibrium again and find a new way of being in the world. So that reinvention of yourself is very important. So let's suppose I'm 12 months from retirement. What would be your advice to me so that when I get to retirement, I'm not self-isolating, say? Nurturing one's family connections, yes. nurturing one's friendship connections, it's possibly something that we need to do throughout our lives. So it's not something that we can just suddenly pay attention to. You may need to do a lot more repair work with those relationships if you've not spent any time doing anything to them preceding retirement. But nurturing friendships, making connections, again, perhaps thinking very carefully about where you will retire so that you place yourself in a situation or a location where you will have connection with family and with friends. Yes. So moving to a place where you've never been before, never lived before, could cause some issues. Possibly not such a good idea. Even though it may sound very attractive, I'll go live by the sea or I shall make a tree change or go live in the mountains or something. Sure. But in fact, that social connection is incredibly important as we get older. We're not saying people shouldn't do that, but they should be aware that it may be hard to fit into the community. Exactly. The other thing, if you're facing retirement in a, a year or in a short time, I would suggest one of the things to do is to look at what kinds of hobbies and interests you currently have and which of those you could or would want to continue and perhaps develop as you have more time. So to just have that open mind and that sense of curiosity about, well, what can this new phase of life bring me and how can it connect me to other people? Yes. A question about extroverts. 
do they get lonely? Are they kind of the life of the party people. Mm. Um, do they get lonely as well or is it just the introverts? They get lonely too, Bruce. It's not just introverts who get lonely. Introverts possibly get less lonely than extroverts because introverts often have a very rich life in their heads. Okay. So they might, in fact, be more able to amuse and amaze themselves yes. because there's been a rich life in their thinking processes where extroverts are much, are possibly more focused. Well, we know they're extroverts because they're focused on other people to give them stimulation and energy and social connection. So, yes, they can certainly be lonely. Okay, I'm looking forward to amazing myself. That sounds fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) Dear. All right, how do we come more connected with other people? Give me some tips. How can I do this? There is a very good old adage that says, if you want to have friends, you have to show yourself friendly. And there's a lot of truth in that. Okay. If you are waiting for other people to include you in their group or in some kind of activity, you may wait a long time. If you're waiting for other people to greet you or talk to you, you may also wait a long time. So I think even if you are an introvert, putting in a little bit of effort in terms of making connections by speaking to someone else, taking the time to listen to them, asking questions about their life, is a good way to get connected. People love talking about themselves. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> if you ask them about their lives, they like you to open up and tell you. Sure. Is it a good place to start with your family? You've mentioned family. Is that a good place to start with this? I think that's the most essential place, if at all possible, if there are rifts or problems in the family, perhaps see what you can do about getting those sorted out. That's not always possible. That's not always possible. Sometimes there are things that happen in families that are just irreparable and you can't do much about that. But, you know, some families are also toxic. So when we think about getting older, we do have a choice there. We we have a choice. Maybe our family members aren't the best people to hang around, but they may be very negative. They may pull us down or discourage us. But we do have a choice about our friends. So... I would suggest that you spend time with the people that make you feel good about yourself, that you find interesting, that find you interesting, Mm. and that those are the friendships that you nurture and develop. And where you feel accepted. Yes, yes, exactly. Yes. So what kind of organisation should people look into? You've mentioned a couple at the beginning. Yeah. Church organisations are really, I think, foundational to making those kinds of connections. If you are a person of faith, that certainly would be one. If you've neglected that connection in the last little while, I would say that's an important one to re-establish. Sure. So faith connections are important. Volunteering is a very wonderful way of connecting with a group of people who have similar interests or similar concerns to yourself. And it has the bonus of helping yeah, indeed. It has that also that bonus then of providing some meaning and purpose to your life because you're doing something that is obviously needed and that would be appreciated, hopefully. So volunteering, I think, is a good way to go as well. What about online friendships? I'm guessing there are upsides and downsides with this. Yes, I would say that you would have to exercise some discretion with online friendships and online connections. Sure. Online connections can certainly help to facilitate friendships. It's easy now to connect with groups via the internet and to learn about arrangements and plans, etc. That certainly is there. But in terms of making really deep connections, I would say that that may not be your best approach. It's better to be face-to-face. Yeah, it is. It is. Look, that's also not always possible. Sometimes a phone call 
can be very encouraging for someone who's housebound or Skype or Zoom conversation is very helpful. Yeah. Look, suppose there's someone listening to this who says, yes, I self-isolate too much. I want to become more connected. I'm going to do something about it right now. What could this person do in the next 60 minutes to change their life? That sounds dramatic, but to make a difference. Okay, I would use the internet yes. and I would look up some volunteering organisations in my neighbourhood and I would see which ones need help and which ones appeal to me. I think that might be the quickest way of changing your life radically and then, and then fronting up and then joining them. I'm going to help. Okay, and it would help other people too. Yes, yeah. definitely. That's good. Hey, thanks, Deanna. I've been talking to Deanna Pitchford, clinical psychologist and lecturer at Avondale University College. And thanks to you for listening to this retirenotes.com podcast. Mm-hmm.